Hello and welcome to Revive Church Podcast with Pastor Todd Mozingo. I'm your host, Paul Garner. Thank you for listening today. One of the greatest threats to the faith of believers is the question, why hasn't God answered my prayers? This can lead to discouragement and frustration and doubt. We may wonder, what have I done wrong that God is not answering my prayer? Is there some kind of sin in my life that is causing God to hold back from me? We may begin a blame game on ourselves, on God, on the process, and this can lead us away from God. Pastor Todd shares with us today what is really going on. Has God refused to answer, or is the answer only delayed? Are you ready to get into it? Be sure to listen to the end for some important information. Y'all ready to get into it? Man, y'all seem ready today. Y'all just seem ready today. So, hey, we're going to continue talking about prayer. We opened the subject up last week and we began talking about prayer and we we recognize that in scripture it gives us this great picture that I think builds our faith that uh, helps us and allows us to see kind of what's going on in the spiritual realm that our prayers are actually presented before God and that there's a incense and a fire that's added at the altar and that it's thrown back down to earth and we see these amazing and miraculous things happen and, and so what happens sometimes is we lift that prayer up and you know that it's going before God Almighty and you know there's power and there's authority available and you just know that thing's going to happen and it doesn't. And you don't know why it didn't happen. And what I see with believers kind of over and over and over is this constant threat to our faith. It's actually difficult. It begins destroying. It begins eating away at our faith. And we begin to say things like this. Why isn't God answering my prayers? God doesn't seem to want to hear my needs. What have I done wrong that God would have not answered my prayer? I I must have some kind of sin in my life for God not to have answered my prayer. And it becomes very, very frustrating. And what it does is it pulls us away from God and we begin this blame game either on ourselves or our process or God because something's not working here and it becomes a problem for us. So what I want to do today is look at some, some of the biblical reasons why your prayer may be delayed in the answer. Because I think if we understand there is sometimes an instilled intentional delay then our faith doesn't have to take the hit of why did we not see that answer because we understand something else is going on. And so we got to remember from last week our initial premises of our prayer. Our initial premise is that our prayer is godly. That when we pray, we are representing Jesus and we know the will of God and therefore we can pray what the will of Jesus would be, that we're representing him. Two, that we're praying in faith that we actually believe in this process. We believe in the power that is there that's available to affect change. And finally, that we have declared it with our mouth. Jesus said, you will say to this mountain, be moved. Not you will pray and it will move, but you will say to it. There's a a declaration part of it. So I want to take you to a scripture of a prayer that was delayed, and let's see what we can learn from it. Look at John 11. John 11. A lot of us know this is the story of Lazarus, the story of Lazarus. In 11.1, uh, it says, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, 
in the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him saying, Lord, behold, him who, who, he whom you love. Let's try that again. Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. I want you to watch this. But when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now five will just change things. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he, Lazarus, was sick, he, Jesus, stayed two days longer in the place where he was. I don't know if you saw what that just said, but it says because he loved them, he stayed where he was two days longer. Because he loved them, he did not go immediately. He waited because he loved them. And let me read this again so you see it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So because of that love, therefore, since he loved, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two days longer. Because of his love for him, it created a need to wait. See, sometimes there's a greater answer coming than the one you're currently asking for. What happened when he waited? Lazarus died. That's not exactly a beautiful roses story. They called and said, Jesus, he, Lazarus is sick. So Jesus said, okay, I'll wait a bit and see what happens. Oh, he died. So Jesus does not end up healing a sick man. He ends up raising a man from the dead. In other words, because he wanted them to get a greater revelation of himself, he waited. Mm -mm -mm. So oftentimes, the delay is because if God answers now, you will see less of him. But he may want us to have a greater understanding of what he can do. And if he responded, oh, I hope you're ready. You have open-toed shoes on, so just be careful. Because if God responded to your impatience, you would get a lesser view of God. You may think that's a cop-out. Oh, you're just giving us a reason why God isn't immediate and why he's coming. But the scripture said, now Jesus loved them so he waited when he heard about it. Now they can know not just about the fact that he can heal the sick, but they know he can raise the dead. Now think about this. What happens the next time anybody in their family gets sick? There's no hurry. There's no hurry because if they die, he'll just raise them from the dead. 
Because that's who Jesus is. So now they have a revelation of Jesus that's not, oh yeah, he can heal you if you're sick. The revelation of Jesus is this guy has power over death. So if they die, it doesn't matter. He is still in play. He can still use that power to raise them up. I don't have to worry about sickness. Even if it ended in death, it ain't the end when Jesus is involved. So one reason that there's a delay is that sometimes God intends to show you more of himself than you would see if he answered right away. Let's look at another scriptural reason for delay. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel is praying. And in Daniel 10, 2 through 9, it says that Daniel is fasting from certain foods. And he's prayed for an entire three-week period. And all of a sudden, an angel appears. Now, remember, he's already been praying for three weeks. He laid that thing out there, and God didn't give him immediate answer. So he just kept praying it and he fasted and he prayed and three weeks have gone by 10 verse 10 then behold a hand touched me and set me to trembling on my hands and knees and he said to me oh Daniel man of high esteem watch this understand the words that I'm about to tell you and stand upright for now I have been sent to you And when he had spoken this word for me, I I stood up, but I was trembling. And then he said to me, don't be afraid, Daniel. For from a first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before God, your words were heard. Everybody say, your words were heard. And I have come in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding me for 21 days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to give you an understanding of what will happen to your people in the later days, for the vision pertains to the days yet in the future. Now I want you to start by looking at what the angel said at the beginning. I want you to understand what I'm about to tell you. And the first thing he tells him is that I was delayed. So one of the first things he wants Daniel to understand is from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and humbling yourself before God, your words were heard. I'm telling someone this morning that God has heard your prayer. And he heard you from the first time that you began to pray. He heard you and the answer was on its way. But notice, the angel says, I was delayed by the prince of the kingdom of Persia. In 13 it says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia was standing and withholding me for 21 days. Now that can be confusing if you look at this from the physical realm. Because there is no physical man that could have withheld the angel. So he's not talking about the physical king of Persia. He's talking about a demonic presence in that area. He's talking about the fact that the demonic realm is territorial. Let me show you where you've seen this and maybe not picked up on it. In Matthew 4, 8 and 9, Jesus is being tempted by Satan in the desert. 
And this is the conversation that happens. In eight, again, the devil took him, Jesus, to a very high mountain. And he showed him all of the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, all of these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. What Satan is saying is there are kings over domains in this world that Satan has the right to give to Jesus. They are demonic realms, demonic kingdoms, and there are princes and powers of darkness that are ruling and reigning on the earth for those who are not with Jesus. Satan and his demons are territory. They have these kingdoms set up. And this scripture is referring to the satanically ruled territory of Persia. Now think about it. Since a physical man could not have withheld that angel, Michael, the archangel... Michael, the battling angel, Michael, the the one who was higher and stronger, came to help him in Persia to set aside that demonic prince so that he could get through. Listen to me. When it comes to your prayers, sometimes there is a spiritual battle raging around you that must be addressed first. In the spiritual problem, if it is not addressed first, then your physical solution will not come. Listen to me. What is unseen has to be addressed before what is seen can be repaired. Sometimes if bitterness and unforgiveness are not addressed, healing does not come. Why? Because there's a spiritual battle that has to be addressed to release things in the physical realm. So when you hold on to bitterness, you are holding in that illness because you will not release that spiritual issue of bitterness so that healing can come and replace that. It's like this. If a cancer is not removed, typically bleeding internally happens. And if you address and stop the bleeding, but you do not remove the cancer, then death will still come. So we have to get to the core issue that has to be addressed so that the physical issue can be addressed. So in other words, for your marriage to be restored, maybe it has to wait until the demonic presence of adultery has been cast out from your life or your spouse is just going to do it again. Uh, Maybe your financial blessing can be granted, but not until you're delivered from the lust of your eyes. So you will not go back and get in debt again. For some of us, we have sin in our life that is unrepentant and continual. And God is waiting for that to be addressed. This is controversial. People don't like to hear this. I'm not talking about some secret closet sin that you didn't even know about and somehow you have to do this big investigative thing and you have to break down and repent for everything in your entire life. I'm talking about the people who are wanting to be more led by God while they're sleeping with their boyfriend. And God is saying, as soon as we get that cleaned up that when my presence comes, it's going to be amazing, but I can't get in there right now. Keep your shoes on. So there are times when God is actually working on your behalf, doing the preliminary things that have to be put into alignment so that the full victory can be released to you. Let's look at another reason. A third one today. 
faith. Faith is an integral part of the Christian walk. It's an integral part of our relationship. We cannot even enter into the relationship with God without faith. In James 1, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let that endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Listen to me. Sometimes waiting on an answer will increase your faith. Remember from last week that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you hear yourself saying things like this, why isn't God answering me? Why won't God help me? Why doesn't God hear my cry? Why doesn't he care about me? These cries are an exposure of your heart and they indicate where your faith is at. And you do not say these kind of things if you truly have faith in God. What would happen? Let me ask it this way. Is it possible that you only have faith for the immediate? That the extent of your faith is if it doesn't happen instantly, I don't have the faith to wait. If it has to happen immediately, what does it say about the level of faith in God that you have? Hebrews 11.1, we know this. Now faith is the assurance... I am assured of the things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I want to camp on that first phrase. The things that are hoped for are things that are not here. They are things that are in the future. And it's the assurance of the things in the future that faith reveals. So faith is about being sure of things that will come. So every prayer that's answered immediately doesn't require faith. I may have faith to ask for it and believe there's power, but if it doesn't, if it happens immediately, I'm expending no faith in a thing hoped for. It's just here. It's the evidence of things not seen. Well, if it's seen, then there's no faith because it's already seen. So my faith just got turned off because the answer came and it is here. Just stay with me. Think about what would happen if Everything you ask for happened immediately. How many of you, you'd be divorced? The spiritual depth over there. How many of you have kids? How many of you know somebody that has kids? How many of you were ever a kid? What happens if a child gets everything they want every time they ask? There is an entitlement attitude. There is this thing that says, I want it and I want it now. So we'd become like spoiled children who just demand and get no need for faith. I don't need any faith because there's no assurance I need for things that are hoped for because everything comes to me now. I want it now and I get it now. Listen, getting an answer to prayer is about God getting glory. 
God should receive glory when your prayer is answered. We don't like delays because we cannot accept that there might be a greater opportunity for God's glory than the one he gets if we get it immediately. Man, this is stepping up to the mature plate for a moment. When I am asking and I am wanting God to get glory, am I okay if I have to wait because he'll get a greater glory in a delayed answer? Because maybe God wants to increase the stage of those who will see your miracle. And maybe God wants to more permanently impress upon you than the quick fix will give you. This waiting is actually a true indication of how much desire we have for God's glory. Let me clarify that. Where is the line for you between wanting to ensure that God gets maximum glory and wanting your problem fixed? At what point in delay does it cross from, I want God to get even more glory. I want everybody to see him bigger and better and all that. Where does it cross the line back to, no, 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 it's time. I want my fix now. Where does that line fall in where you're saying, this is actually about God? I want to take you to the most commonly used character in the Bible when it comes to going through a hard time. Who would that be? Job. Job. Let's go to Job. I absolutely love, and it's part of my personality, so you'll just have to forgive me for that, but I love the interaction between God and Job. Absolutely love the way God addresses Job because Job wants some answers. Job is like, I want to know what you're doing, why this happened. I need some answers. And his friends are saying, well, maybe these are the answers, maybe this is the answer, maybe this is the answer. Job is like, God, I want to know and I want the answer. And in chapters 38 through 40, Job gets a whooping. I don't know if your dad or your mom was the switch type. Mine wasn't. Mine was the go to your room. When your dad gets home, he's taking off his leather belt and you're going in a circle. That's what a whooping was. I know what a whooping is. And I want you to watch how God talks to Job in chapter 38 through 40 verse 2. Now, I'm not going to read that whole thing. I'm just going to take some excerpts along the way. But you can check me. You can go back and watch the video later. Make sure this was all scriptural. I'm not going to give you the actual scripture as I go. But I'm reading to you straight out of chapter 38 and 39. Listen to this conversation when Job says, God, why is this happening? Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and he said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? In other words, who came talk to me that doesn't know what they're talking about? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I'll ask you and you instruct me. This is God talking to Job about Job's constant questioning about why won't you tell me what's going on here? Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who sets its measurements? Watch this. Since you know... Or who stretched a line out of it? 
or, or where is its basis sunk or who laid its cornerstone? Have you ever in your life commanded the morning and caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the ends of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? Have you entered into the springs of the sea? Have you walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of the deep darkness? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? Tell me if you know this. Where is the way to the dwelling of light and darkness? And where is its place that you might take to it its territory and that you might discern the past to its home? You know, for you were born then and the number of your days is great. I don't know about you, but that is straight out sarcasm for God. Oh, Job, since you're like 112 and I'm like billions, why don't you tell me how it all began? Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth a constellation in a season? Can you guide a bear in her constellations? Do you know the ordinance of heaven or fix rule over the earth? And this is how he finishes it. God does in verse chapter 40, verse 1. So the Lord said to Job, Will the fault finder contend with the Almighty? Let him who reproves God answer it. Here's what Job says. <laughs> Behold, I am insignificant. <laughs> what can I reply to you? I lay my hand on my mouth. You know what Job said? I'm just going to shut up. I'm just going to shut up because there's a really good chance that you know more than me. There's a pretty good opportunity that you know why you're not answering this right now and why you're waiting to give me the best answer. Am I saying that we don't ever question God? No, I think it's in our nature to question God. But this is what we should know, that God knows what he's doing. He clearly knows what he's doing, and what he's doing is good for you. Stop whining. Maybe it's time for us to just shut my mouth. I see us like four-year-olds saying, I want to go to Disney. And dad says, okay, I'll take you to Disney. Oh, I want to go to Disney. I want to go to Disney. I want to go. I told you I'd take you to Disney, but I want to go to Disney. I want to go to Disney now. So we get in the car and we start driving toward Disney. But dad stops at the gas station to get gas so we can get to Disney. And when you pull on the gas station, the four-year-old says, we're not going to Disney. I want to go to Disney. Why are we stopping here? And dad is saying, you have no idea that we can't get there unless I take care of this first. And then you're driving up the, the tollway and you get about halfway and all of a sudden this tire goes thump, 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 thump. And the four-year-old says, we don't get to go to Disney and the day is ruined. Everything's terrible. I didn't think this. And he's like, look, I can beat the four-minute rule in a Christmas story. I can change this tire immediately. <laughs> Chill out. We're still going to Disney. See, believers, faith says, I use my authority in Jesus' name, but I leave the response to God. 
Let me tell you a story that I just learned Saturday morning at the men's breakfast. There's a man that goes to our church named Mike Feynman. Mike Feynman needed a job, and he needed a good job. So he decided to go back into an industry that he used to work in that he knows paid well. And he went and he interviewed, and they said, man, you're good, but we think this other guy is better. But you know what Mike did? He went and told his family, God told me that's my job. I'm going to get that job. And then they gave the other guy the job. And his family looked at him and said, yeah, that's good. You sure hear from God. Mike didn't know what to do, so he went on. He applied for another job. You know what? The other company said, yeah, we'll hire you. But here's what you need to do. You need to take a drug test. And a drug test takes 48 hours to turn around. So Mike took the drug test, but guess what? It didn't come back in 48 hours. It was a whole week, and he still hadn't gotten results. You know why? Because in that week, the man who took the first job decided to resign and quit, and they called him and said, this job is yours. And he said, I know. So in that moment where he could have been whining, God, where were you? You told me that was my job. And then they gave it to somebody else. What happened? God said, chill out. I got a story for your family. Because you know the last thing he told us on Saturday morning? He said, you know what my family is asking me now? Mike, how do you hear from God? So maybe the greater glory to God was the fact that Mike's, listen to me, Jewish family now wants to know how he hears from God. See, I don't care really. I don't care really what your evaluation is. I care really what God is doing. And here's the truth. I trust him. And there are times as a pastor, listen to me, when they come to you and they're sick. And with authority, anointing, we're supposed to lay hands on them and they be healed, right? And they don't get healed. I've seen pastor after pastor go back to their office and say, God, what am I doing wrong? How am I not praying correctly? What's going on? What do I got to change? Do I got to use a different anointing oil? What do I do here? And they never realize that God's already sent the answer. It might get delayed because there's some spiritual stuff that's got to be taken care of first. But it's on its way. And the testimony they're going to give after it goes from stage two to stage four and then they're healed is a greater testimony. And you say, I think you're just copping out. I think you just want a reason to feel okay about yourself when a prayer doesn't get answered. And my response is, read your Bible. Because God doesn't always come straight away. God doesn't always answer immediately. But this is what I've learned through the studying of this. Starting with last week, we have to represent Jesus when we pray. We have to pray in faith in that power that's given to us. And we have to speak those things out. But when it doesn't happen, I have to remember that God heard my prayer. God loves me so much, he will do what's best. And what is best might mean that things in the spiritual realm have to be addressed first. And God wants the most glorious answer so more people will be drawn to him and his amazingness. And maybe my impatience is showing a lack of faith that I believe that God is actually answering my prayer. What would happen 
If we believed that God wanted the best for us, what would happen if we let him decide when and how to answer our request? What would happen if we believed enough to wait? I have some news for you. You've been praying and your answer is on the way. You've been praying and there is a battle in the spiritual realm that is going on just to align things for you. Just to take care of things for you. And you have a father who wants the absolute best answer for you. And if it means something in your life has got to die so that he can revive it and show you how much power and authority has, then we have to put our faith and trust in that. We have to put our faith and trust in his love that he actually cares about you, that he has heard your cry, that he cries and weeps with you, and yet he sends you the answer that there are things going on in the spiritual realm that you can wait because you know in the waiting you're going to develop perseverance become more mature and complete in your ability to understand how God works maybe as a church we're going to begin to believe that there are things going on in the spiritual realm when we pray and we don't have to be the immediate children and maybe there'll be times when God will bless you with the immediate because you learn to wait on this one but this is what I can tell you he loves you he's hurt your prayer and things are happening and that fire is coming down to change your life and you don't have to worry about so this is what I need today I need those people who are waiting if you are waiting in prayer I need you up front right now right now I need you up front you know you've been waiting for this answer you know that God has heard but you don't understand the delay where is the answer what's going on maybe even maybe even you've already reached that point of discouragement with God I must be doing something wrong he must not love me he doesn't want to do good things for me God's mad at me that's baloney God loves you so much he sent his son to die just to be reconciled to you while you were rejecting him while you were rejecting him he sent his son to take care of everything between you and him so he could have you so he could hold you close so he could hear your prayer so he could send the very fire of heaven down in your life I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to say God this morning I repent of not trusting you I believe that you have my best interest at heart I believe that you have heard my prayer. I believe that this waiting is intentional. But the intention in it is for more glory to come to you. God, I want the best answer. I want the answer that shows your greatness. I want the great answer that shows your glory. I want the answer that makes you famous. I want the answer that my family sees and they're amazed by you. I want the answer that my friends see and they're amazed by you. I want the answer that I see and it confirms in me your love for me.
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at reviveusnow.com. Now for some very exciting news. Pastor Todd's latest book has just been released. It's called Missing Pieces. Have you ever asked yourself, if the Holy Spirit lives in me, why do I still do the things I don't want to do? Pastor Todd addresses this and many more important questions that most of us have pondered for years. Pastor Todd fills in the missing pieces that we have wondered about, and when those pieces are understood and put in place, the bigger picture becomes more clear. This new book is available now on Amazon. This podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website, reviveusnow.com give. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue in Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice. That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.